0: designed by photographers for photographers. What's up? You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a photography podcast designed to help you manifest your best creative life in self-employment. My name is Mike Blair, and I am your host. And on this show, you're gonna hear practical perspectives on how to improve your freelancing journey. And beyond that, you're gonna hear from other incredible creative professionals about their art, their business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So, thank you so much for joining me. Entrepreneurs starts right now. All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs, everyone. I am going to jump right into this today. I actually love this topic. And honestly, I should probably revisit this down the line with somebody else. But for the time being, let me just give you some ideas and you can mold this over on your own time. The question is what are you doing with your profits? All right, so this came up in conversation with a friend of mine just the other night. So I figured while it's still fresh on my mind, let me bump the episode that I had previously scheduled and instead delve into this one because I think many creatives do not actually know what to do with their profits, let alone what their profits actually are. Now, I will say this, I don't actually care what you do with them. Quite honestly, this is a decision that should be made by you and your team, meaning the people who are dependent on your business, such as your spouses, your kids, your business partners, you know, your cats, your dogs, your goldfish, whatever. But you need to be leading that conversation because your family does not know the inner workings of your business. They aren't aware of how much profit you've made this quarter, this year, and what percentage that profit is from your revenue. Now, as much as I'd love to go down that rabbit hole of profit allocation, that is going to be pushed aside for another episode. I do think that's important, but I want to stay on track in terms of what to do with your profits. And then we're going to postpone the talk about how to determine your overall profit percentage for another day. So I'm gonna make it very simple. Let's just put out a common number of, let's say 10% profit to make the math really easy. Just an example, that means every paycheck, you're setting aside 10% of the revenue to a profit account. So let's say you collect a $2,000 paycheck, that becomes $200 that goes to your profit. And the remaining 1,800, you're divvying up between taxes, expenses, and take-home pay, okay? So when you do this consistently, when you do this method, You build a little profit piggy bank, as I like to call it. And so let's just say by the end of the year, you decide to put that profit to use. Although you can certainly do this at the mid year point or each quarter if you so choose, your call. But the question becomes, what should I focus that money towards? So if you haven't thought of this before, don't sweat it. I never did either until I started reading books on the concept. So let's walk through a handful of key areas to consider. And like I said, I don't really care where you put it, you could load all of it into one category. You could split it up amongst several categories, your choice, your authority, but let's get into it. This is not at all in order of importance. I literally just threw together five categories really quickly that I felt were relevant, that were important, but not necessarily more important than any other. So without further ado, let's think about where to put your profits to work. Number one, back into your business. And there's a little nuance that I would throw in here. It is not to just manage your business but to grow your business, okay? That's the key point of emphasis that I'd like to put out there for you. At least for me. Using it to run your website is fine, but improving your website would be ideal, okay? So think about expansion, think about growth, think about new and improved, not just the status quo. So if you have the funds, maybe go for a custom site or hire a website designer to help you maximize your reach. You know, I've talked to SEO strategists before. I'm hopefully going to bring someone on and discuss this in in depth. But It's not snake oil that they're selling. It really does work. The problem is most photographers, particularly in the fields that I grew up in, in sports and journalism or whatever, focus way more on pretty pictures than they do the actual marketing of their site. And I fully include myself in the same conversation. So I am super guilty of being passive on my site as well. But I'm saying using profits to overhaul the strategy and the execution of your site is one way to grow your business. Now, outside of that, think about other forms of marketing that you have yet to put into place. Maybe it's paid advertising, maybe it is direct mail, maybe it's content marketing, like creating YouTube videos or doing a podcast to get your name out there. All of these things cost money. And if it's high on your priority list, then start nesting away your profits towards these goals. And lastly, in terms of business, think about what investments can save you time and energy and applying your profits to that right? What can you outsource that you are either slow at or even better, terrible at, right? Like if you're a terrible bookkeeper and you have profits to work with, maybe hire a bookkeeper. And if you've been absolutely swamped, jumping from shoot to shoot to shoot with no time to edit, consider using that profit to outsource your culling or editing. Maybe your social media is getting no results in your marketing, but you want to leverage it anyways. So consider outsourcing that service. Or hiring other creatives to help you with content that is fresher and maybe puts you in front of the camera more often to build your brand. you know. But be intentional with your profits. If you ever want to get to a place where one day your business runs more efficiently and you want to provide higher-end services, I think it starts with intentionality. Okay, I think the best creatives that come to mind don't get there on talent alone. They're intentional with their moves. From their target demographics, they're very intentional with, to the copy on their site they're very intentional with, to the branding on their social, and yes, to the places they put their money. Be intentional. All right, where to put your profits? Number two, back into your art. Okay, so this builds off the last one, but it's more of an emphasis on the creative aspect, okay? Obviously, you can buy new gear, better lights, lenses, cameras that will take your imagery to another level. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think if you don't have many other responsibilities that need tending to, it's probably a great option. So some might see this as investing back into their business. And yes, there's a little bit of crossover on that. But I put this into its own category because I wanted to separate the value return that they bring back, right? I think when you invest into business the way that I see it, you can measure the return at a greater level of accuracy, right? You know what is working and what isn't. I can track if my new site is driving more views. But with new gear, it's more of a feeling as opposed to analytics. I have no idea if I'm creating a better client experience because my gear is upgraded, but it's certainly important to do when the time is right. Now, I would say I particularly like investing into tools that actually change the way that you see and work in the field. All right. So for example, going from an F4 zoom lens to an F2.8 zoom lens doesn't necessarily do that for me because I'm going to shoot it the same way. But going from a zoom lens to a prime lens, that I would consider because it forces me not to rely on the safety net of a zoom. I move in, I move out with my feet. I think about framing a little bit more intentionally. There's that word again, right? Before I take the shot. That is actually changing the way that I work, which I believe over time will make you a better creative if you commit to it and get your work reviewed. The same thing with lighting. I do not mind if people invest into new lighting modifiers because it might actually very well change the way you create and shape light. If you have a 40 inch softbox going for a beauty dish is a different tool and therefore it's going to require different strategies. Maybe you're a huge modifier person by nature, right? Like all you use are seven foot parabolic umbrellas. Well, maybe investing into more portable speed light equipments like MagMod systems, for example, where you can maneuver a bunch of smaller light sources can actually unleash a lot more creativity for you because it's simply not the way that you normally work. I'd much rather have you do that and add those types of tools to your toolbox than simply upgrading a strobe because it has more power. Ultimately, just think about what makes you a better artist. I'd also consider putting profits into personal projects that you otherwise would not fund amidst your typical expenses. And this is where I really think people can actually shine. I am guilty of not doing this enough. So by all means, I'm not judging anyone for not doing this, but hear me out. Your work could stand out way more by making the art that inspires you and not necessarily doing the work that you're always hired to do, okay? So what is a project that you desperately want to do, but can't find the time or the justification to spend money on? Well, if you have some profit with no other necessities to take care of, It's a great opportunity. I am so envious of people that actually do this or prioritize it. How many of you have gone out of pocket to fly out of town and do your own photo essay? Again, I'm not saying I've done it either, but as I'm saying this to you now, as you're thinking about it over your cup of coffee, don't you think it might stand out over just going to the beach and photographing surfers or whatever is closest to you? Can you see how investing the time and the money into a project that actually makes you different will impress not just everyone else, but it's actually going to impress yourself. So again, be intentional with your craft. It's not a bad place to invest. Moving on, where to put your profits. Number three, education. All right, I'm not throwing any gems at you that you guys don't already know, but I'm hoping that I might get you to see what opportunities you have to take advantage of. Think about workshops, conferences, retreats, uh, mastermind groups, portfolio reviews. All of these things will legitimately help you grow and not just maintain. And one of the key takeaways I took from a conference that I went to earlier this year was that creatives, maybe people in general, spend way too much time on things that actually don't move the needle for us. You know, we spend time on small goals. And while they might be necessary, rarely ever move us towards our big picture goals. So you think about email correspondence, engaging on social media, uh, checking in on meetings, organizing and planning. All of these things do need to get done. I'm not saying ignore them but there's a good chance we're giving way too much attention to it. So you add in any other distractions, you may accomplish absolutely nothing towards your big picture goal. You're just going towards small picture goals. So think about growth. Think about what your big picture goals actually are. And that's going to be different for everyone, but everyone's got one, right? You might not necessarily have articulated it on paper, but you probably intuitively know. So your goal might be a specific income number. Maybe it's uh, a specific client that you want to work with. Maybe it's just getting opportunities for unique work experiences, like, for example, being a destination wedding photographer or shooting the Olympics, as an example. But whatever it is, if it seems like an impossibility at this point, do a little soul searching. Find out what is maybe holding you back. And if you can't determine it or if you can determine it but have identified that you can't get there by yourself, now, instead of soul searching, you need to do some market researching and find out who can help you get there. Also, I recommend writing down your goals, making it a real thing, maybe even putting a deadline on it. I just did this with my friend, Matt Brown. He challenged me to get my wedding site published by September, which admittedly is going to be a tight deadline for me with the month I have coming up. But the point is, it is now a tangible deadline. It's not an undetermined deadline that you could hold off indefinitely. Now, the reason why I agreed to a deadline such as this is that I understood that this should be priority number, maybe not number one, but A high priority for me over, let's say, mastering my CRM or even perfecting my reception lighting techniques or editing style. And why do I say that? Because I've already defined my big picture goal, which is to drive more leads to my wedding photography services. Also, if I could add one little thing into this education category as it pertains to this anecdote, I would say don't be afraid to invest into people. I don't have Matt on retainer or anything, but I am close enough to him that I can actually buy him lunch, or coffee in exchange for all the great advice that he's given me over the years. So if you have someone in your corner that you can occasionally take out, treat to a lunch or a dinner or coffee, maybe it's a photographer that you want to shadow, maybe it's a professional that you really need their help on, it could be the best investment that you absolutely make. Okay, where to put your profits? Number four, debt. Easy one for me. If I honestly had to pick an order in terms of what's the most important, I said I wasn't going to do that, but this might be number one. I'm not sure. It's hard to grow your life or your business when you have the math working against you. And that is what debt is, okay? It's not just something that you owe. It's also that the math is growing against you every day you don't do something about it. So understandably, getting your business started might often take investments that you do not have the ability to pay off just yet. We call those startup costs. You buy the camera, you buy the lenses before the client. You pay for the website before you get the clients. You may even pay for the insurance before you get the clients. All of this is normal and I have no issues with it but you don't want to let it get out of hand. Now, while I am a huge proponent of separating your business and your personal money, that's going to be really important for you as a business owner, I do think it's really important to take into account what you have in your personal and your business money as a kind of a group shot from the jump. Okay? So if you already owe $25,000 on personal credit cards, you got a brand new car, you're paying $800 a month payments on it, maybe you've got student loans, maybe your partner has student loans to pay off, you've got a huge steep mortgage that you extended on. All of these factors need to be considered as you make your business choices. That's why they're sort of interwoven, even though you're going to separate them. You just need to be informed on what needs addressing in your business and your life. Okay, So if you've got a pants on fire emergency at home, then maybe hold off on the studio purchase or the new lens or the Maui workshop. You have to consider the ramifications personal debt will have on your life and even on your business life. So, I know photographers who sadly quit the photography industry because they could not keep up with their growing debt. They needed $60,000 salaries, not $30,000 salaries, and they didn't have the time to play the patient game. Now, the reason why debt killing is not really celebrated as a popular move, in my opinion, is because it doesn't feel like a move at all, right? If you were gifted $1,000 in cash, right? Use this mental experiment. Throwing all of it at your debt probably leaves you with the feeling that you're in the exact same place as you were before, which is why nobody does it. But instead, if you were gifted that $1,000 in cash and you threw it towards a new piece of tech, then we feel like we've made a move because one, we've literally gained something in return. That's an important motivational aspect to understand in all of this. And then two, this new item or this service or educational platform, whatever it might be, it doesn't have a ceiling in terms of its potential ROI. It could be through the roof. It could be limitless. It could be career-defining, life-defining, perhaps. But that potential is simply that. And it's important to recognize that just because the potential is there does not negate that it is also an unknown. You may actually get zero ROI. That's the part that nobody explains. Yes, you could change your life with one workshop. You could change your business with one new computer or camera. But it could also be no different. So I would say intelligent and intentional debt killing, though it does not feel like it, is going to guarantee you an ROI. Now, I was very careful to say intelligent and intentional debt killing, okay? That's super important to understand because if you just throw $1,000 at your debt today, but don't do it the next month or the month after that, then yeah, you might as well just buy the new lens because that approach won't make any difference It won't make it then. You have to be strategic. You have to be aggressive with debt killing. It's really the only way. But if you do know how to, in my opinion, you're making a better investment than actual investing in my opinion. You know, you pay down a credit card bill with 25% APR, that's, that's a better return than your 401k or your IRA right off the bat. So if you are guilty of seeing debt killing as pointless, I beg you to reshape your view on it. Okay, where to put your profits, number five, back into your pocket, right? There's no law that states that your photography profits have to be reinvested back into your business. There's nothing wrong with paying yourself that added cash. In fact, you could argue that is where it should go, well before your business or your craft. After all, your life is more than just your business. Photography may be incredibly important to you, but so is your family, so is your health. So are all the other things that will create growth and prosperity for you outside of just photography. You know, I often talk with friends of my age who are so busy and they're so worn down by the responsibilities of being a a mother, a husband, a father, a wife, a son, a daughter, whatever it is, that they lose sight of who they are. And that's them saying this, by the way. That's not me actually saying that. It's hard. You know, when I was younger, I thought, that finding a life partner would actually make things easier in life. And in so many ways, that is true. But in other ways, it adds more chaos for you to be responsible for, especially as you start to build a family. You know, you might double your income, but you might double your debt. You might gain more purpose in life, but you cut your personal time for yourself in half, maybe even more. You will grow as a person, but you'll also have your baggage highlighted when you have to share your time, your resources, your personal preferred lifestyle with another person or persons. And I say all of this to acknowledge that life is outstandingly beautiful and rewarding, but also insanely chaotic at the same time. And if you always prioritize the business, then you might lose out on so much more. So my wife and I, we went to Italy last year. And as unoriginal as that may sound to some people, we had the absolute time of our lives. We think about it, we talk about it all the time. And I'm really glad that we did it at the time that we did. I know my parents wouldn't have the endurance to do what we did. You know, we hit four different locations in 14 days, walking as much as we did, staying out as late as we did, exploring like teenagers. I kind of find that the fundamental problem with delaying travel until retirement is the lack of awareness that maybe you might have less enthusiasm for it when the time comes. I remember several years ago, I asked my grandfather, would you want to go to Scotland? I'd love to take him to all the distilleries. He loves scotch. But he said definitively, he said no. And that was a man that loves to travel, but at his age, he said, it's going to be way too exhausting. And he was right about that. And I wasn't expecting a yes, but part of me started to think, Mike, why didn't you bring this up to him 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Maybe then you could have shared that experience with him. And the same thing goes with my dad. At this point, treating him to a round at Pebble Beach may not be in the cards at his age, at his condition. I wish I did it 10 years ago. I was also recently having a conversation with a friend of mine about the discussion of of having kids. And in today's age, it's it's actually more popular to postpone having kids until later in life. And in many ways, I think the economics play a part in that, right? Things cost more, life costs more, people are making the same amount of money as they were 20 years ago. And as justifiable as that reasoning is, it may also simply highlight poor planning, like constantly putting profits towards business versus the things that matter to you the most. Now, I am not saying that having children is for everyone by any stretch. And if I'm being honest, some of you all out there should definitely not have kids. You know who you are. No disrespect, but you know. But my friend said, if building a family is meaningful to you and you should know that intuitively, then why would you want to delay meeting your favorite person in the world? And I damn near broke down and cried when he said that because in that moment, I could not find a flaw in that argument. Yes, building your career is important. Reinvesting into your business is important, but so is investing into the people in the life decisions that are ultimately the most meaningful to you. Now, again, marriage, family, travel, they may not move the needle for you at all. You could be totally independent and do your thing, but something outside of your business just might fill that void a little bit more. And I think exploring that option might be incredibly valuable to you as well. So as I wrap this up, there are two major things that kind of stand out to me as I kind of wrap up my thoughts. One is understanding your big picture goals, both in life, both in business. That's going to highlight your priorities and a target To aim at. And then, two is to be intentional with your profits. You know, people who have great businesses and lives that seem too good to be true usually manifest it with intention. Okay. Happy accidents are a thing, privilege is a thing. But being intentional with your moves is a better method to get there than waiting for good fortune. Now, my friend and I were discussing this as an option over dinner as well. Why not alternate or spread the wealth? Right. Like this year, invest into remodeling the bathroom. Next year, we invest into the business. Year three, take the wife on a trip without the kids, right? Whatever your process is, I think you can create more prosperity in all walks of your life with just a little bit of awareness and intention. So that is my time for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next week. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.